Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Good Monday morning. It's good to be with you. You need to have heard the last two Monday morning messages before you're ready to listen to this one. So make sure you've done that and we'll wait. You back? Good. We're going to move the discussion of the salvation of all or most or some people to sermons in February. So this will be the last Monday morning message, I think, on this. But the questions that come in, even the uh, complaints that come in, should be addressed, if not in these three, certainly when the sermons begin in in February. So look for those, would you? And that's as of the middle of December, whenever I'm doing this. So if you send in a question and you don't think it's being addressed in a while, please remember, we record ahead of time in case of accident, illness, technical issues, we want to be, uh, we want to be there for you for Sunday, for Monday, and for Wednesday. So that's why we go early. And I answer almost all email. Uh, one will get past me every so often, but not often. So what I'm going to address today, I'm not going to throw scriptures at you. I'm just going to let you do a little thought exercise with me, if you would. There are those, and, and I thought this at some time before I kept thinking, that thought, well, Universalism, if it's true, ruins everything. Why should we go into all the world if they're gonna be saved anyway? Why should we make disciples if they're gonna be saved anyway? Or annihilated, you know, either one, you know, there's no eternal torment of hell, so why would we have to, why would we go to church if we're gonna be saved anyway? Why would we give alms to the poor if we're gonna be saved anyway? You get the point. Uh, some variation of these, and there are dozens and dozens of the if this, then that, uh, that I've received over the years, or that I've thought about. Well, then this one's for you, because that's what we're going to talk about. Does universalism, and again, I'm not a universalist, but I'd like to be, and I'm probably closer to that than I am most other labels you could put on me. Annihilationism, I think, makes a lot of sense as well. There are a lot of things that make a lot of sense, and the Bible just doesn't map these things out the way we would like for it to be mapped. That's why people go digging around and making up charts. But would this ruin evangelism? Because if they're gonna be saved, why should we go talk to them? Because the good news is not just about ultimate destination. The good news is not that if you do these things correctly and you continue to do these things correctly, and if you wall these out of your life correctly and you keep them walled out, then you will be or you've got a good shot at going to heaven when you die. And we've convinced ourselves that that's the good news when that's not what the scripture calls the good news. The good news is that God loves us and he sent his son to live among us, to die for us, to wipe away our sins and to defeat death for us. And that he wants us now to live like him 
and redeem the world and he'll come back. I don't know when he's coming back and neither do you and neither does anyone who's writing books and doing seminars on this, but we believe that the promise will be kept. Now that's good news, but if they're already saved, then why should we go talk to them? Because people are in critical, desperate need to know that they are loved, to know that they are free from sin. They don't have to do this anymore. Instead, there are other ways to live that reflect the reality of who they are, that they are God's children created on purpose, given identity, given an intimacy with him, given relationship with all of the others that God has created and God has brought into his family. That the endless buying and selling, the endless wars, the endless arguments, the endless attempts to be somebody by the things we can buy or the power we wield or the people we sleep with or the people we can beat up in a parking lot. And all that goes away if we talk to people and show them by our very lives. Remember First Peter, no matter what your situation is, show them by your life without words and they will see Jesus. Now, think about what people are craving in this society. We have an epidemic of drug abuse. We have an epidemic of depression, anxiety. We have an epidemic of kids and adults now cutting themselves to try to feel something real. We have society that teaches them that they are whatever form of sexual pleasure they want at that time is. That's who they are. We have a society that tells you that you are too old. You're too young. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too white. You're too black. You're too Latino. You're too whatever it is. They put limitations on you. They call you names. They lump you in the boxes. They demand that you apologize for things that you're not really sure what they're saying. It is a mess. What if somebody finds peace in Jesus so they no longer need to attack or defend? They just speak the things of God and do so in love. And they don't do it by swinging around a Bible and sweating in a pulpit and yelling. They do it like Jesus did. They do it like Deuteronomy 6, just along the way, just as you go through life. I'm, a, I'm an introvert and I would love for, for myself to have a much quieter life than I do, but this is a life God gave me and think of the joy it's brought to me and to many of you and how it's liberated you to go do things for Jesus. We don't have to worry about, well, can I fellowship with that person? No, just go do good. Just do good. The acceptance that you find at our safe harbor. Many of you have written to us about that or called us or come to visit the soundstage and talk to us personally, which we love. We love it when you do that. <clears throat> you wanna know how? Just, it's the same email that you would ask any question, even of me, info at rsafeharbor.com, okay? Regardless, the acceptance. One of the things that when people come to the soundstage they say is at the end of it, they said, this is real. They said, we, we always wondered watching you if when you came to the soundstage 
it would feel as open, as welcoming as it looks on the internet. And every single one of them have said, this is just blows me away, surpasses my expectations and dreams. Merely because you're loved and you're accepted. You're part of the team as soon as you walk in. We don't ask you uh, where you stand on doctrinal issues. We don't need to know your history, but if you want to tell us, that's fine. We'll listen, we like stories. All we need to know is that you're a human being and you came to see us. What a wonderful event that is. Universalism doesn't kill that. Universalism allows that, even if it's not real universalism, you know, if, if it's only semi or the like, when the barriers come down, you know, I don't know who God's gonna save and who he isn't, although he sure says he's gonna save everybody a lot, as we're gonna find out in those sermons. But I do know this, he told me to love you now, to accept you now. And that though your sins may be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. That's a Bible quote for you that don't know your Bibles yet. That's okay. You are loved, accepted. You have identity. You have value. Think of the uh, uh, of Christmas from, what, five weeks ago by the time you, you listen to this. That's uh, that wonderful line in O Holy Night, then he appeared and the soul felt its worth. If all I could do is convince you of the worth of your soul and the value of your soul, the weight of your existence and what that blessing is, well then, we'd eliminate a whole lot of sin right there. Because sins don't normally arise from wanting too much, they arise from settling for too little. We want love, we settle for sex. We want comfort, we settle for food. We, you get the point, we want meaning, we join a group. That's um, kind of dangerous to let the group determine your meaning. We, on the other hand, we know that there's a Christ that loves people and so we want to show them Christ and when it's possible, tell them about Christ and think about freedom that you could have. Freedom from sin, we mentioned that. How about freedom from guilt? How about freedom from shame? Shame's a killer. It's a soul killer. And with universalism or the concept of God's gonna save a whole lot more than we thought, all right? I hate to keep using the word universalism because there are so many varieties of that. I know, you'd think, you know, universalism can only mean one thing, but it has so many different variants. It's rather like saying pacifism. When you say somebody's a pacifist, there are actually many layers of pacifism and different ways of doing that. So. It's a broad term. And when I say that, I'm just meaning that God's going to save many people beyond the boundaries of our little minds. Think about what this would minimize. It would not eliminate it, by the way. If we took this message to the entire earth and told them the good news of their salvation, would it, would it end all war? No, but it would certainly minimize it because it would no longer get cultural approval. Think about that. It used to be that it was assumed you were going to wait for sex until you married. Now again, that was how widespread that was, I think is very arguable. But there was at least a, a long period in the Western world where that was the, that was the goal, all right? 
And yes, very hypocritically, certainly the goal for women, not always the goal for, for the boys and the family. And yes, that's hypocrisy uh, on steroids. I get that. Just go with me. And we all knew back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that there were some who didn't abide that by that rule, but none of them were highly esteemed in the community. And in fact, you don't see uh, a, a tombstone that says, here lies our father, great guy, slept around a whole lot. You, know, you, don't, you don't see that, right? Get it. There was a time where when a Hollywood starlet became pregnant outside of marriage, she actually had to leave the United States. And again, I find that far too brutal and the like, but just to show you the power of cultural approval or disapproval. If we approach the culture with the good news and don't say you might get good news, but you're gonna to have to jump through all of these hoops, but instead tell them the good news of Christ's love for them right now and help them on their journey, wherever they are right now, with whatever they need, then the culture shifts and people aren't encouraged to split families. That's looked down upon. War is looked down upon. Fights in the street is looked down upon. Any crime, suicide, suicide drops like a rock if people believe that their value, their soul, they have felt its worth and that the heavens declare that their soul is more valuable than the universe. Think of the things that would change. The economic crises that we face, not so much. Now, work with me. Can we still get drought, famine, storms, earthquakes? Absolutely. But think of, think of, um, think of this like a mutual fund. I know nothing about money, but our banker, whenever we, we had to save, because I don't get Social Security. You know, I'm 66, but I, I don't qualify. And so we're going to have to live whenever I can't work on savings. And, and it's fine. Yeah, we'll do that. And he's putting them into mutual funds. And I didn't know what those were. And so I said, what does that mean? And I don't remember the numbers. Not good with money. But it was something like, he said, instead of investing in one company, we are investing and I think it was 130 something at that time. He said, any company can go down. Any nation, even regions of the world can have crises, but we don't all have the same crises at the same time. And so you spread around your risk and your chances to survive the risk. Well, think of a world where the culture values human life and values it because they consider it eternal and a gift from God. Well then, if one region becomes poor through drought, pestilence, whatever, bad decisions, the rest of the world helps them. And then, whenever the, that part of the world has a crisis, the one that was helped is obligated to help them because that's what we do. You might say I'm a dreamer. <laughs> Uh, and yes, that's a quotation from John Lennon's Imagine, which is just a terrible song. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you're, if you disagree with me, you're wrong on that one. That's, I'm sorry. Um, whether or not you believe in universalism, what would it be like to treat everybody as if they were saved and your brother and sister with whom you are going to spend eternity? Would that not change everything? So it doesn't ruin evangelism. It doesn't ruin any of that. It doesn't ruin your decisions to live well. 
because if I live according to the precepts of Christ, there are benefits. And most of the, the downside is only because culture has not caught up with Christ and therefore it looks down upon and it can, it can attack Christians, jail them, kill them. We've seen this before. We've seen them um, jail and kill anything which is other, whether it's Jews or the Romani, the sometimes called gypsies, um, or, or whomever. But what if, what would the story of America be like if whenever the colonists came over, they greeted the natives as children of God and treated them with respect and their needs with respect? What a different story that would have been. It's worth playing with. Well, does this ruin your church? Because if, if everybody's saved, why do we even go to church? Are you kidding me? Have you thought about that? Don't say that before you think about it. I don't go to church so I can get to heaven. I go to church so I can worship the one who made me and has given me a place in heaven. I don't go to church so that the community can check me out and make sure I'm living up to standards. I go to church because that's where my community is online now, but I've gone to brick and mortar churches most of my life. I think this is what I'll be doing for the rest of my life now because I've found a freedom here and a community which is outstanding. Think about if you're going to church, you know, the doors swing open, you swing in, that's just the rules, don't forsake the assembly. What joy is there? But if you're going because you want to celebrate your faith in a place where other people are doing the same thing, that's great. And that's another point. Saying that you believe all these believers, and you may even go further, like Alexander Campbell did, we talked about that, where he even mentioned the Muslims, the uh, pagans, and the Jews, and, say, and included them in this. Let's just say just all the believers in Jesus for now, all right? Does that mean, if you think all of them are gonna be saved, that that's the end of Episcopalian, Roman Catholicism, Methodist Church, Church of Christ? No, no, because you're, People like different things. And so you can go to a church if you need the awe and the mystery and the acting, uh, almost like a play of heaven, Eastern Orthodox churches. If you like to participate, places like Churches of Christ, um, where everybody's singing, everybody's a part. If you like um, you know, your tradition and you're Scottish, you might go to Presbyterians. If you have this beautiful, mysterious view of God, you might go become an Episcopalian because you like the music, because you like the ritual, or you don't like that music, but you like this music. Friends, I, I have so many friends that are completely enamored with Southern Gospel, and I don't get it. It's not because Southern Gospel's bad, it's because it, for some reason, doesn't resonate with me. It's not the only thing. I don't get opera, I don't get jazz. It could be absolutely a fault with me. So don't strike out there thinking, well, what, you're dissing, I'm not dissing any of those. Jazz, jazz musicians and opera singers are far better at what, at, at music and delivery than I will ever be in my life. Me not getting it does not change that. What I'm saying is I need to find a place that sings and acts in a way that harmonizes with my heart. So believing other people are saved doesn't mean you give up your loving community 
because now we all got to, you know, wear brown or now we all got to sing the same hymn. No, no. There will be different communities always, but we treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So I hope that helped. I hope it'll help you start imagining a world where we don't need locks on the doors. We don't even need insurance because everybody's gonna take care of everybody. We don't need war machines. We don't need 500 layers of government to keep everybody in line because we love one another and we love God. It can happen. I think Jesus intends for it to. Why don't we start it? Cheers.